<laughs> okay. Well, happy Monday. I'm going to miss saying that to you for the next few weeks, but um, I'm really excited to be with all of you tonight as we just fellowship all together with yummy food, yummy tea, and just fun conversations. So thank you for being here. Um, I get the great privilege of introducing um, our next speaker who's sharing her testimony. Where's Dixie? There you are. Hi, Dixie. <laughs> um, I was thinking and praying about what what, what could I say to introduce Dixie? And many of you know Dixie, but Dixie's wonderful, and she's just been such a personal blessing to me in uh, my years at Calvary Chapel Flower Mound. She is a great encourager, and most importantly, I feel like she's a good testimony to our acronym, Women of the Word, WOW, because she loves the Word. So it doesn't take a long time when you talk to Dixie that you can tell her launch, her rocket launch, is the Bible and the words of Jesus, right? So anytime you talk to her, she's just so excited to share what the Lord has shown her personally in her devotional life, and that's just a daily occurrence for her. So I'm personally blessed by that, and um, I know that um, she would never want me to say this about her, but I think she's just such a reflection of like how I experience Jesus through her is like her encouragements and her love for me and for all of you. So um, with that, I want to invite Dixie up here to share a little of her testimony. Okay, when they asked me to speak, you know, I thought, man, I've been watching Kim speak and I've been watching Tamar speak and I've been watching Valerie speak and they're just so gifted, you know, they're so gifted. I said, Lord, I, I can't do that. And so I had all my notes this weekend, and I was going, you know, what am I going to do? You know, not this weekend, but during the week. And uh, he said, you know, you're not like them. You're different. I made you different. So I'll tell you what you'll do. You'll do a dialogue with the Holy Spirit, like how the Holy Spirit teaches you. And so my uh, thing I want to talk about is God's promises, the Holy Spirit. First, I'm going to read you a few verses about the Holy Spirit, and then I'm going to go into the dialogue, okay? Uh, John 14, 15, and 16. If you love me, this is Jesus speaking, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Then we have John 15, 26. <clears throat> but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. John 16, 7. This is when Jesus was telling his disciples that he was going away and they were filled with sorrow. And it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. John 16, 12. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you of things to come. And then the last one, and this is one of my life verses here. And this is why I'm able to stand up here today. I wasn't always able to do that. But it's 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. 
So if you are fearful, feel, if you are fearful, you know that is not the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's the enemy. Okay, so now the way I'm going to do this is kind of be Dixie over here and the Holy Spirit over here. <laughs> okay, now this is the Holy Spirit, and He says God is the Creator. The Bible is the owner's manual. That's all me. Oh. So because I, I have the Bible, I'm the owner of it? Oh, no. God is the owner of it. He's the one that wrote it. You are the purchased possession. It tells you how to live your life in this world. It is a living word, and it is important that you do not let these words remain in this book, but read it and hide the words in your heart. They need to live in your heart. Why me? Why is that so important that I hide it in my heart? Because in this fallen world, you have an adversary, the devil, that walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Always remember this world is not your home. This is a battlefield, and I need you to see it this way. Don't fall under the sway of the devil. Do not try to get comfortable here. Why would you want to build your home on a battlefield? Always remember... You are a sojourner and a pilgrim here on this earth. You live in a tent, your body, that is not meant to hunker down here. Let me teach you these verses and hide them in your heart. It is especially important for the time you're living in now. Okay. Um, so the verses that this week that I went over that you really taught me was, therefore, <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The Holy Spirit says, do you understand this? And I say, well... I certainly understand that the outward man is passing away. I can see that every day in the mirror. He says, yes, that is right. But remember, this tent you walk around in on this earth is seen. It's temporary. It's passing away. Oh, me. Oh, but my inward man, I cannot see. It's unseen and eternal. The Holy Spirit, and that's what's happening in your inward man. No, he says, and what, he's asking me a question, and what's happening in your inward man? I say, it's being renewed day by day. He says, that's right. And it's very important to take note of the words day by day. God does not want you to trust in the scene. He wants you to realize that he is your resource. For all you need, human, for all, for, he's your resource for all you need. Human beings have a habit of wanting to put their trust in things that they can see and hold on to. God wants you to walk by faith, not by sight. Remember the part about your uh, light affliction? Do you know why you go through affliction, trials, and tests? Oh, excuse me. I say, yes, it is to grow my faith. And he says, that's right. Without trials, tests, and afflictions, you would always be a baby drinking only milk. Do you remember how weak and small your faith was when your daughter was born and had all of her complications? Oh, yes, that was a very, very hard time, and I didn't think I would, I would make it through it. Do you remember how you made it through it? Yes. 
by God's grace, one day at a time. I didn't try to think too far ahead, but just take each day as it came. The Holy Spirit, do you regret going through that trial? Me. Oh, no. That is when I started getting to know you and that you were my helper and my comforter. God was so loving and good to me and helped me realize so many eternal unseen things from that experience. Also, he promised me Jessica was his child and he did what he wanted to with her and he would take care of her. And I have seen him faithful to do that over the years. And I have also seen how joyful Jessica is. And I know she will have an eternity in heaven. Her body, her tent is only temporary, but her inward man is eternal. It gives me great joy to know this. Holy Spirit says, yes, God wants you to always continue to grow in faith as long as he leaves you here on this earth. Can you, <clears throat> can you give me a word picture of what strong faith looks like? And then this is a picture he gave me. It says there's a long chasm, like, and you have a tightrope up here, okay? And then Jesus walks on the tightrope, goes across. He walks back across, and the people of faith are over here. Yay, Jesus, yay, you know? And so then Jesus gets a wheelbarrow. He goes across the tightrope. Notice it's far down there. And then he goes back across, and they're like, yay, Jesus, yay, that's my Jesus. And then he says, get in the wheelbarrow, you know? And that's what strong faith is. When you say, I trust Jesus so much because he has victory over life and death. What if we were to fall off? He has victory over life and death. Um, I said, you know, I love Jesus so much for all he has given me and done for me on my journey on this earth. And the Holy Spirit says, and guess what? He loves you more than you love him. Let me leave you with this promise in the owner's manual. I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Hide that verse in your heart so you can dwell on it often. All the heartache, trials, and pain will be so small compared to what he has in store for you. Thank you. how um, the promise of Matthew 28, 20, um, that Jesus is with us wherever we, he, Jesus is always with us, right? Matthew 28, 20. And I was thinking how we never have to have a monologue. We're always in a dialogue because we are always with Jesus. And it's just like, all I kept thinking is watching her going back and forth, how that's true. Like we're truly never alone. And that's just, so beautiful to me. And then they sing, you're so beautiful. So anyway, we're going to pray again. Heavenly Father, God, thank you, Lord. We are just truly, truly grateful for you, Lord. I'm grateful that we could gather together here as women, Lord, and just worship you. Just acknowledge your goodness, who you are, Jesus. We thank you. We love you, Lord. We're grateful, Lord. We know that that there's trials, there's sadness, there's hard things in this world, Lord, that, that we face, Lord. Um, but we're going to heaven, and we get to dialogue with you. You're with us, Lord. We never have to storm and trial alone, and we praise you for that, God. 
So I pray as we open up your word again, Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I promise I'm not going to be lengthy, um, but we are going to go over Psalm 128 because we've been memorizing it and reciting it, and now we're going to talk about it a little bit. So I'm going to read it again really quick. Um, I will tell you, um, maybe it's a little narcissistic of me that, we're memori- that we memorized Psalm 128. It is my favorite psalm. So there's my confession to you. <laughs> um, but we did pray before we, uh, we started memorizing it. So it says again, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house, and your children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. So, um, on January 1st, 2020, the Lord gave me this psalm as a promise. And um, this promise is so special to me. Um, there's not a day that goes by since then that I haven't thought on this, um, that I haven't recited it, prayed about it, um, just held on to it. It's just, it's very special, for, special to me. I've cried over it. I've proclaimed it. I've shared it with you. Um, I love this, and I love the word, and I love that we have this blessed assurance in Jesus Christ. And outside of that, this blessed assurance in Jesus Christ, this psalm has been like like such a, a sustaining um, amount of grace from God for me. So we have talked all season about the promises of God, and I hope that it's really changed um, your reading of the word, that you've really recognized those promises and just held on to them. I know I have um, promises we know aren't always um, answered right away by God, right? Sometimes we think like, this is my yearly promise, God, so I'm expecting on January 1st of whatever, 2025, that it's all going to have happened and we're all going to live happily ever after, right? But God does not fit into our little box and time frame. So um, sometimes we won't see the promises right right away. But we do know that God is truth, right? We do know that his word endures. We do know that he is faithful. And so the word of God sustains us, right? It equips us. It keeps us going back to him, right? It keeps us reliant upon him. That's what the word of God does. And that is what I'm grateful for. Um, The Bible says, I wanted to tell you that I wrote... Um, on that day um, in my Bible, on that January 1st of 2020, I wrote, I, cl- I clutch your promise, my God. And I hope that that's what you do with the promises of God, that you clutch them, that they're your lifeline, that you know that, they're, that he is true and he is faithful. So I, I pray that for you. James 4, 2 through 3 says, Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. So ask, 
believe, trust, search. God's given us his word. His word is alive. It's active, right? It's necessary for every decision we make. It feeds our hungry hearts, right? It's our food. Um, it's, uh, this is what we have to be grateful for. If you leave at all, leave with one thing tonight. Remember, you have a treasure with you full of the words and the promises of God. It's a treasure. Believe them. Clutch onto them. Hold on to them. That's what I want you to know. This psalm, as Jill mentioned earlier, it's a song, it's a song of ascents. So what does that mean? It means that there's 15 of these psalms, um, and they, this one in particular was sung on the, as the travelers traveled on their way up to Jerusalem for the three yearly feasts. That's what a song of ascents is. There's 15, again, like I said. Um, so as they traveled to go to the Passover, the Pentecost, and the, Taber, the Feast of Tabernacles, they would sing these songs, which that's what a psalm is, right? They're songs. Um, so you imagine this is a special one. This is a picture of a family traveling together. And I like that just in and of itself because God works within the family, right? He does. And I imagine a father as he's leading his family up to Jerusalem to the feast, right? He's leading them in the song and he's telling them, he's instructing them on what true happiness is which is what any father would want to do, right? They want to instruct their children, a good father, on what true happiness is. So in verse 1, again, it says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. So it begins with that word blessed, which we know means happy, right? Happy are those. And the thing about the word blessed is that it's past tense, it's present, and it's future. That's a beautiful word, right? This, this, is, this is a fact. It's not circumstantial. You will be blessed if you fear the Lord. It's a fact. You will be blessed if you fear the Lord. And this is available to all who fear the Lord. It's available for all of us, right? And what does that mean? It means, what does that mean to fear the Lord? It means that he is God, I am not. I, I want to obey you. I want to reverence you because you are God, I am not. That's what fear of the Lord is. He is God, we are not. It's us in our proper place and him in his proper place. So a father or a husband's heart here is also the heart of God in instruction. He's speaking life into his family as he's instructing them. And I imagine this is I love to go on long car rides and I liked to go on them when I had children because they are a captive audience. They cannot go anywhere, right? They're stuck with you. And it's great because that's such a good time to hear from them, but it's also a good time for you to speak life into them. And that's what I imagine this journey was like. Like, you got nowhere to go, kid. Like, here we go, up to Jerusalem. Like, And I think, wow, such a good opportunity. And I think now I have adult kids, I often just go on prayer walks where I just walk and talk to the Lord and let him minister to me. And it's such a beautiful time. You should try it. Um, verse 2 says, when you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy and it shall be well with you. And this is a picture of a farmer, right? He's hardworking. He plows, he sows, he waters, he waits. And what is the result? It's food 
The result is food because he, has, he is now about to enjoy what he's worked so hard for. And there's a reward that comes from labor. There is. And even in the Lord's Prayer where it says, give us today our daily bread, right? It's provision from God, but an active part of a Christian's life is to not be idle. He rewards labor. He does. He rewards labor. So a farmer must look ahead and not just circumstantially, right? He takes this tiny little seed on prepared soil, and by faith, he drops that seed, right? By faith, he is believing that it's going to root and that it's going to grow and that it's going to provide sustenance for his family by faith. He does that. So how many here are struggling with their own faith? If you're honest, how many here struggle with their faith? I do. I struggle with my faith, if I'm honest, right? Sometimes it seems like so long ago that those little seeds were planted, doesn't it? It seems so long, and you long with every fiber of your being to see the people that you love walk with the Lord, right? You want to keep putting water on that seed, right? Because you long for that. We see in da with David in Psalm 13, he asked the Lord, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? And he seems so distraught and so discouraged, but you know how he ends this psalm? He says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Do you know that it takes about eight months for the wheat um, that, a, that a farmer sows to harvest? Eight months. That's a really long time. And that's speaking of physical food, right? Eight months for physical food. We're dealing here with a human heart, right? They have free will. And so tonight, I just want to ask you if there's people in your life to surrender them to the Lord and to allow him to do his work and his timing. And all you need to do is to keep watering the soil. All you need to do is to keep praying, keep encouraging, keep saying the things, keep watering the soil. The Lord is faithful. Just in Psalm 126, just a couple Psalms over, it says in verses 5 through 6, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. That is a promise. This promise feeds your soul, doesn't it? It feeds mine. Verse 3, it says, Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house, your children like olive plants all around your table. And the, the, this here, the father is speaking now about his wife just flourishing in the home. And this word vine is very interesting um, because it actually means sexual charm and it also means festivity. Um, we see this word in Song of Solomon, verse, um, chapter 7, verse 8, and then we see it again in Judges 9, 13. So it speaks here of the rich life. It speaks of joy, 
fertility, grace, and beauty. And often in a Mediterranean home, they would have these trellises and they'd be covered with vines that were weaving in and out of the home. And the children are like a perennial joy. That's what it means, an unending joy. Olive trees, they're known for longevity and productivity. Do you know that they have to be patiently cultivated? And I love that, right? Because there's a reward for, for that patience. There's a reward for cultivating, right? It's valuable. An olive tree is valuable for centuries. Doesn't that blow your mind when you go to Israel? Like, you could possibly be at the same tree that Jesus was. That's just amazing. It, it blows my mind. So a vine and an olive branch, these are two very important crops in Israel. But the most interesting thing about them is that they aren't essential for survival. The olive tree and um, the vine aren't essential for survival, but they are necessary for an enriched life. And I think that's beautiful. The commentator Boyce said the interesting thing about these two images, vines and olive plants, is that they are biblical symbols of the abundant life. They are not food supplies like wheat or corn. They symbolize rich blessing. Hospitality in Jewish culture is very, very important, right? It's, it's, it basically encompasses kindness, thrift, helpfulness, and affection. And in Judaism, uh, showing hospitality is like mitzvah, which means like a commandment, right? It's very important when one knows that a stranger is in town and they're hungry or need a place to relax, it's actually your legal obligation to take them in. I love that. The first time we see hospitality displayed is when Abraham invites the wanderers from Mamre and he brings them water and food. We see that in Genesis 18. And then we also see that in Genesis 24 when Abraham sends his servant to find a wife for Isaac. And what does she do? She waters his, her, his, his camels and they're like done, right? right? Because she showed that kindness and that hospitality. John 10.10 10 says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So the best life to a Jewish man would be to have a wife and children. Verse 4 says, Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. So again, blessings are a direct result of fearing the Lord. So it's a second reminder in this short little psalm that you will be blessed if you fear the Lord. That's how much God wants it to sink into our little thick skulls. So riches and promises are for those of us who enthrone Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Verse 5 says, The Lord bless you out of Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. And Jesus' ministry was centered in Jerusalem. So a blessing is connected to being where Jesus is. Do you want to be, want to be blessed? Just be where Jesus is. That's, where, that's why when we're here, with each other, we're laughing and we're loud and we're having fun and we're fellowshipping. You know why? Because Jesus is here. That's why. He indwells us. Um, Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. And then lastly, verse 6 says, Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. So every father wants to see his children's children, right? And it's 
this is a song that's worthy of instruction to all children, to all of us as we journey along. It's to say that we need to live a life that's fruitful. And not all will have children, and not all will get to have grandchildren, but we can all live a fruitful life, right? And it begins when we reverence him, when we understand that he is God and we are not. And it ends with peace be upon Israel, and peace means shalom, right? It's a cry, it's a prayer, it's, a, it's an instruction, it's an exhortation. An exhortation is like an encouragement and a commandment all in one. We are to do it. We are to pray for the peace of Israel. And I hope more than ever now that you're reminded to pray for the peace of Israel. He's commanding us to do it. So we have these gratitude gatherings every single year annually because we just want to have a time to be thankful for us to tell you and show you that we're thankful for you and we're grateful. So we're going to, Amy and Noemi, are going to just kind of open it up a little bit in um, worship. We're going to dim the lights a bit and then we're just going to, if you feel led, they'll have little breaks if you feel led. Um, you can just pray a praise to the Lord. We're not going to pray requests to the Lord right now because this is a gratitude gathering. So if you have a praise, something you're thankful for, please just pray it out. Let us all hear. Keep it short and keep it loud so we don't pray over each other. And um, they'll lead us in that. And then we'll close it out. down in prayer and tonight I'm wearing my um, Invisalign trays so <laughs> if it sounds a little bit blurry you'll know why but uh, let's pray Heavenly Father I just praise you and thank you for who you are your word says that you restored to us our laughter and it was like a dream that's Psalm 126 you have given us gladness, and we have a reason to be joyful and to rejoice. For we did sow in tears, and we shall reap in gladness. Lord, your word says to not ask amiss, that we may spend it on our own pleasures, but to ask in faith. Father, I come before you, Lord, and I ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit power upon us, says that you do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to your power that works in us. So we're asking, Lord, that our joy may be made complete. Thank you, Lord, for you have restored our gladness. You have restored our laughter, and we are grateful. In your name, Jesus.